You're listening to Soul Crush, a podcast dedicated to spirituality, sexuality, and sharing stories that inspire the soul. We release a podcast each new and full moon, devoting to healing the shame that binds us and illuminating the infinite possibilities and courage of the human spirit. Each episode, I will share a conversation with one of my soul crushes about the things that light our souls on fire and hardships that can crush our soul. I am your grateful host, Adriana Rizzola. Sit back, relax, and most of all, enjoy. episode of Soul Crush, we'll be welcoming a dear friend of mine, a mentor of mine, Heidi Rose Robbins. Heidi's an astrologer, a poet, a transformational teacher. Heidi and I discuss everything from the divine feminine to the purpose of being with our pain, how to share our light more fully, tune into our soul's purpose, and how to live with the paradox that we are both infinite and in these temporary bodies. I'm so excited for you to come into this space, to be welcome, to feel heard and seen around all of the different aspects of being a human on the journey towards deeper love. This is episode one of Soul Crush, (laughs) and I'm so, so, so grateful to have my first guest here, Heidi Rose Robbins. Hi, Heidi. Hi, love. Yay, episode one. So exciting. I know. I'm so, so excited. So I'm going to begin just by reading Heidi's little bio. Heidi Rose Robbins is an esoteric astrologer, poet, podcaster, and leader of Radiant Life Retreats. As an astrologer, she has supported hundreds of men and women worldwide through major life transitions, spiritual crisis, and growth opportunities. Her podcast, The Radiance Project, combines her love of astrology, poetry, and good company. At her Radiant Life Retreats, Heidi helps women live more expressive and courageous lives through counsel, poetry, writing, and astrology. She has shared original poetry, some of it featured in her 2013 collection, This Beckoning Ceaseless Beauty, at two TEDx events in Los Angeles. She lives in Southern California with her husband and their two glorious, beautiful children. (laughs) (laughs) Let's add that in. (laughs) So... That's a little bit about Heidi, and then I'd love to just share a little bit um, of my (sighs) just little introduction um, of Heidi, and when I was tuning in to what I wanted to share with you and, and things I wanted to, you know, ask you today, I had this feeling and this insight of one of the things that Heidi really represents in my life is this woman of soul there's there's something that heidi embodies that i really had immediately from the first moment we met just like pulled me into my experience of of my soul just by seeing the light that shines from her eyes and i feel like my whole life i i've kind of been cloaked in many ways with like low sense of self-worth and that a lot of 
people that have entered my life have been like angels. Like I've really been reflected back the truth of my being as, as a light being, as even on the physical level, like a, an amazing woman through the, the people and what I feel are like angels that just have ref, like refused to let me believe that I was bad <laughs> for too long. Um, and Heidi has been like, oh, like I was, I started crying when I was in the bathtub, like, you know, having these insights. I was just like, oh, like she just has been such a beautiful, inspiring and strong woman in, in my life um, over these few years that I've been in Los Angeles and is really part of the reason um, why I'm still here. And um, just ha her work has, I've seen her work just transform so many people's and women's lives in such deep and profound ways. And now like daily, I feel like you, because of your amazing Instagram, moon notes it's like every day i'm like there's heidi just reminding us that we're so much more than what we think you know like like this is what's happening like all the you know we're we're so expansive and connected to so many things other than you know what what we're thinking on our own in any given moment well can i just say that was that is so beautiful to be witnessed in that way and just the moment that i met you i was like oh yes, you know, here's one that will never leave this, you know, the, the, my heart. <laughs> here's yeah. one that's in my heart forever. And it was, it was immediate. So I, I, you know, I love you deeply and I believe so much in the work that you're doing. And I'm so excited we get to have this conversation. And my little Aries self is very happy that we get to launch this together. <laughs> the love of the new. <laughs> yes, yes. So start like right there where you just kind of like already entered into it's almost your it is your language you like speak you like you speak the stars I mean it's like and in a way that I can absolutely receive it even if I don't know what you're talking about it's like and which is how I love to learn I love to like somebody to say something I don't intellectually have any idea what they're talking about my my whole being just says yes I know I learned it and I can like move on to the next thing. Like I love learning in that way. You're such a teacher of that. You know, you are such a beautiful, beautiful teacher of really grounding astrology into how we deeply accept ourselves and how we really come into more fearless places of shining our light. So I would love to hear one where your journey began, which I know the story and I just want to hear it again because it's so good. And just, yeah, a little bit on just so our listeners can get a feel for how, how you approach it. I know oftentimes you talk about it as esoteric astrology and soul astrology. And, you know, I really, I also experience it that way. So I'd love to hear mm. just a little yeah. bit on that. Well, I'll just say that, I mean, I, I do consider myself deeply blessed to have grown up in the way that I did um, from the get-go. You know, my father is a teacher of all things esoteric, and he is an astrologer, and he was already steeped in that when I was born, though he was directing operas. <laughs> so he was already studying all of that. So, you know, I, I do have a little recording of myself singing the Zodiac when I was three, right? So okay. it's been another language. And sometimes I have to like just laugh at myself because it seems like I can't make it through an hour without saying something astrological. I'm like, just <laughs> shut up already. <laughs> like, no, I love it. You know, but, but um, it's true and I did I did grow up in a house where we talked about the subtle world and we talked about the spiritual life and we talked about astrology and on the other hand my mother is a deeply grounded you know she's an architect she was an architect she's an artist she's a woman of the earth you know and so I really did get to meet b between the two of of my father of the stars and my mother of the earth and I think that that's I've tried to walk the in-between path here, you know? Um, so I would say when I was about 18 years old, I do remember saying to myself, oh, now I want to learn astrology. And it was a very specific moment. And my father, you know, made cassette tapes for me to learn the Zodiac and learn okay. astrology. And I also really started to study on my own. And uh, since then, really, 
there, my life has been a dance of artistry and spirituality mm. and um, they're always weaving. Mm. And for me, when, when, when I do talk about the astrology that I practice, it is soul centered astrology. And by that, I mean, we are all given these amazing maps of the moment that we were born how do we want to use those maps? And hopefully we want to be generous with ourselves, like generous with ourselves with a capital S. And mm. astrology really becomes soul-centered astrology when you're asking yourself, how can I give of myself? Mm -hmm. How can I give of myself to ignite the light in another? Mm. And, uh, and, and it's by being fully who you are mm. and, and by completely owning and loving that. And of course we can't all do that like <laughs> completely, but when we can take tiny gestures in that way or, mm. you know, so for me, soul-centered astrology is really about the generosity of the self and being able to say, this is who I am. So beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that experience, I, I've studied in my life with many, many teachers and that the liberation that comes from fully being yourself is such a tricky, in my experience, it's such a, it's like such a tricky game, um, at least from the yogic perspective as well, because from the yogic perspective and the spiritual perspective, there's this aspect of the ego that we're meant to in some way like demolish in some traditions and systems moving into more of like tantric philosophy you're embracing that um, all the aspects of the self as the path to liberation and I just have found that using the stars and, and using your knowledge and, and learning from you in that way has really like opened up that door in a way that I never experienced with any other teacher in such an easeful way of, like I said, this like direct transmission because, mm -hmm. and that you can feel that you're, you're also really living all of the things that you just said. And, and that's what I feel makes it so potent and so powerful. Yeah, I would just say there's something that's so interesting just in, their, in our sun, moon, and rising sign. Like the sun is our personality, however flawed or quirky or broken or, you know, tender. But all we have to agree to is to use the best aspects of our, of our personality in service to the rising sign, which is the soul's calling, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think maybe for you too, Adrian, it's interesting, like you're Aquarius rising, I'm Leo rising. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're exact opposites. And so one hand I'm saying, be your full radiant self. <laughs> and you're saying, but the, the, you know, but the group is the self, which is the truth. The group mm -hmm. is the self, you know, mm -hmm. at, the, at the highest level. But I think there's also something befuddling around like, how can the group be the main thing, but how can I still step forward in my light, you know? And that's oh the paradox God. for you, yeah? Totally, yeah. Because I feel like in that expansive outward looking perspective, which offers so much, it offers for me as a, as a teacher, or as a leader, it really, it gives me this perspective that I feel is so um, just expansive, you know, for others. And also can, I can be completely lost where all of a sudden it's like, what am I even, who am I? You know, like where, what's going on? Who am I? You know, like only knowing who I am in reflection to someone else, you know, was like a state that I was in for most of my life. And I feel like that's part of why what you're sharing of this, almost it's like, yeah, this opposite in a way, although they're both, right? Like these two sides of the same thing. It's like ultimately. Yeah. And we are all honestly at this moment in time in the paradox and journey of Leo Aquarius, because mm -hmm. we are entering the age of Aquarius, which is the age of the group, which is the age of democracy, which is the age of, of uh, we are more together. We are all souls. And, and yet it's not the, and yet it's also our responsibility to fully give the highest gift of our individual soul self. So we empower the group soul and we give the highest gift of our individual self. And I'll, you know, I'll go and do my Leo rising thing and be like, aha, there I'm giving the gift. And then I'll suddenly be like, oh, step back, step back, you know? And so, you know, empower the group self. And I think we're all 
on that trajectory right now. And it's a, actually a gorgeous invitation for each of us. Absolutely. Totally. And this whole shift, I feel like that is because I feel that those two also go hand in hand, this like full expression of the self very naturally, because I feel that it is our soul's journey and purpose to be of service to the world. Like I can't, I mean, at least I haven't come up with any other experiences that feel just as valid for, you know, being in a body at all is to be of service. And so I feel like, you know, and that full, when we're in, and I know for me, when I'm in that moment of fully expressing what's really true for me, it just, it doesn't even matter what I'm doing or what I'm talking about. I could be doing anything at all. And it feels like I am, I'm, I'm giving of, of myself, like what you said, and I'm, I'm being of service in some way. Well, I think you're a delicious example of exactly what you just described in that there is a quality of the divine feminine in you that is so present to the flow of and the unfolding and the spontaneity and, you know, the moments of ease and the moments of chaos and the moments when you don't know, and you're willing to really ride that in a way that I think few are, at least you're willing to ride it consciously. I think, oh, you know, there's, Lord. Uh, no, but you, it's true. It's true. I mean, we, you can, you can have your mess, but, it's, <laughs> but let's just say 85% of the time. <laughs> But it's, it's rare. I think what it's a ride rare. It, what a ride it is. And I guess I just mean like, you know, you might sit out in, I, you know, you take some of your students out to a creek and you say, mm -hmm. you know, let's put our feet in, let's weave a garland of flowers or whatever. And that is, mm -hmm. the, that is the deepest teaching, you know? Mm -hmm. And I sit mm -hmm. them down, I'm like, I'm going to give you a lecture. Here we <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, get in that creek with your clothes on or without your clothes, with all of your clothes on or with no clothes on. That's the option. You can choose either. And I'm going to sit here and support you as you bathe yourself in some fresh water. Um, totally. Yeah. No, it's, I love that. And thank you for that reflection. It, 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 yeah. Your reflection always feels so good. To, and um, I want to get into your work with the divine feminine. Um, and I just want to share one little bit about what we were just talking about around how, in my experience, your perspective and teaching with astrology really helps to cultivate a deeper sense of self-worth and a deeper sense of self-acceptance. Part of, you know, my intention with all of this is to really hold space for us to even in this very moment, you know, open these conversations so we can all kind of shake a little bit more free from that, the confinement of our own, you know, the rejection of, of the, what, that we can do sometimes to ourselves and that has been done to us that we carry. And I will give this example. And I love when I meet another Gemini moon, cause I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tell you this. It's going to change your life. Um, <laughs> literally or Gemini, anything. I'm like, this will probably help you. But I, I had this amazing one of, I've been on about four of Heidi's retreats, I think. I went once and then I was like, I'm going again. And then I was like, I'm going again. I'm going again. And I will, I'm sure be on the next one. Um, and it was after one of Heidi's retreats um, that she does the Radiant Life retreats in Ojai. And I was on, a, I was, who knows where I was flying somewhere. And I had gone to my destination and I had gotten off the plane. I must have been out of the country because I had my passport. And I was about, you know, halfway out of the airport from the plane. And I just remembered all of a sudden, like, oh, I left my passport on the plane. And I've done this many times or left my license on the plane or left my, you know, sometimes nothing I needed to go back for, but the juice that I bought, you know, that I didn't drink. Anyway, something gets left on the plane oftentimes. And I turned around, I started walking and I immediately felt that rush of like self hatred, you know, or just that, like, you know, just that like self anger. And I was like, and then all of a sudden I remembered you're a Gemini moon. And then I was like, oh, and then I'm like, well, I think it's like, I, I kind of always do this. And you know, like it's usually my, whatever I lost is usually, if it's really important, I usually find it. And I've lost a lot of stuff that is really important that I never found also. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gotten over that. And so in that moment, I just was like, <sighs> like I just felt myself very intuitively and instinctually 
take a deeper breath and just say, we're just going to walk back to the plane and you, me and you old Gemini moon, let's go see if the passport's still there. And if it's not, we're going to just take a couple more breaths and we're going to just like move on where, you know, and it seems like so silly and, but it's so profound to me because that's what like, that's what spiritual practice is to me. Like spiritual practice to me is like those moments where my heart closes or those moments where I'm faced with this intense, you know, anger or self-hatred or, you know, judgment, whatever it may be that we all experience and sure imperfectly, but every moment that I am able to just have a new awareness around it and, and can bring forth some compassion like true compassion, not just like, oh, well, you know, you should love yourself in this moment. Cause that kind of thing, it works for other people, but it doesn't work for me. Cause I can be like, that can, that makes it worse actually. Then my spiritual identity starts like attacking me on top of like <laughs> habitual Adriana identity that was already being attacked, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so it has to be a true, it has to be an authentic arising of compassion for me to like really receive the, the, medicine of it. And so I feel like it's, I'm just so, so thankful um, and so grateful that I, you know, ha have been exposed to, to you and, and that we've become friends and that I've really learned so much, not just about me, but then I have that same compassion for others. It's not just about me. I, but as I saw all these different aspects on Heidi's retreats, you really get to see all these aspects of yourself embodied by other women and and, and, you know, some of, like you said, some really gnarly, like from, from the gnarliest aspects of us to like the most beautiful free aspects of us and seeing that and witnessing that is life-changing because it, it lands in your cells in a different way from then on. When you see, when I see myself being a complete love addict, like I'm going to die if this moment passes and I don't talk to him, like literally. And like, there's a part of me that's like, okay. Venus and Pisces, like, why don't you take a bath and like cry a little bit? And then you're going to feel so much love for yourself because that's what's already there, you know? And it's just so cool. And it's just so profound and, um, and it's life-changing. So. Well, I, I think you, I mean, I just, I do feel like astrology is such a great tool for compassion, self-compassion and compassion for others, because you just, you see you know, it's like if you see another woman embodying, you know, the the most difficult aspect of Venus and Pisces, you suddenly are like, I'm not alone. Like she understands or she even possesses that or she totally gets the journey that I'm on. So there's relief, there's compassion, there's, there's a step before you have your innate reaction, you know, like, or your instinctual reaction. There's a moment of, wait a second, She's a Pisces moon. Wait a second. She's got, you know, Mars conjunct Saturn. Oh my God. You know, can you imagine that? You know, whatever it is, you know. So it is, yeah. it is a deep relief to have this as a language and to under and to feel it in your body. And it sets us free. It really does. Mm. I love freedom. <laughs> Aquarius rising. <laughs> <laughs> I just love freedom. <laughs> um, so so we got into it a little bit just now, but just your, your work with the divine feminine and not just in women, I feel Heidi and I led a workshop that was open to men and women. And I felt in that moment where I was like, wow, like this, and, and I relate to a lot of the work that you do in this feminine way, but it also really like opened me to being like, yeah, this really isn't about gender in a, in a certain way. It really is about this deeper thread. And I think even that in itself is healing to even just contemplate, like it's not even about gender actually. It's about, I mean, I can go on and on for what it's about for me, but I, I also, in this moment, I want to hear like, what is the divine feminine to you? And how do you I guess I want to hear how it personally, like what your personal relationship um, also is to, to the divine feminine. 
I think what I, I think I have to tell you this sort of story of just, um, well, let's just say I was raised with, you know, my father in a very, uh, in a way, masculine tradition, very cerebral, very much about study, very much about books that were gorgeous, but dense and somewhat hard to understand, but also gorgeous texts that I wanted to study and still do study for my whole life, but a, a very masculine tradition. And then when I lived in Boulder, Colorado, I found myself, and this is now probably 20 years ago, um, at a yoga class that, I, that my friend Elizabeth Rayner and your friend Elizabeth Rayner took me to. And, um, and I met a woman who is now, you know, my dear friend and, uh, and teacher. And her name is Sophia Diaz. And I had such um, a deep bodily response to the, her freedom and to her feminine and to the capacity to, I think as she would say, you know, outshine closure. And it was, her body was full of permission mm. and full of invitation and, uh, full, I mean, I, there were a couple of moments that I'll just never forget, you know, uh, one of them was just, she was with all of us. And of course it's hard to communicate these things, but she was just, once she said, I will gladly eat your troubles. Mm -hmm. She will, I will gladly eat your troubles. And she meant every word of it. Mm -hmm. And there was another moment where something had happened within the group and she just began to, to cry. And I couldn't say why she was crying, but except that it was out of gratitude and it was out of the bliss of the moment. Mm -hmm. And it was out of this exquisite appreciation of the moment. And um, everyone, everyone, one by one began to cry because there was permission to be soft and present and yielding and, and open and invocatory and, like celebrating the grace of the moment. And like, that was just mind blowing for me. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I think of the, the divine feminine has so many forms, you know, and one of the forms that I feel is very comfortable in my being is the kind of great mama energy you know mm -hmm. i have jupiter and cancer so this great mother protector energy mm -hmm. um but i always have been drawn and felt so deliciously invited by the feminine that is the lover the 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 one that can appreciate all the senses the one that like is in the moment of life do you know mm -hmm. so that my whole journey is about with the divine feminine is about exp exploring all the textures of love, all mm. the textures, you know, and, and steeping in all of those. And, you know, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a Capricorn moon. I'm like a, a planner. I'm a, I create structure. I never forget things on planes. I, <laughs> mm. do you know, I mean, I'm like hyper aware of, what's needed to contain things. Mm -hmm. And I think the divine feminine says, no, 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 actually, mm -hmm. it's all about the, the birth of the moment mm -hmm. <laughs> and the birth of love and, mm -hmm. and the grace that is, is as Sophia would say, there is, a, there is a, a, a rain of grace forever coming down upon you. All you need to do is mm -hmm. open your eyes and, and witness it and stand in it, you know. Hmm. <laughs> so that was a very divine feminine way of answering that question. <laughs> well, I'm with you. I, I followed you the whole way. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It, and I would also just say, like, I'll just say this, it's, it's never a linear path, of course. Mm. It is this gorgeous, mm -hmm. mysterious, circular, mm. detoured path, you know, and full, full of the willingness to go as deep as you can possibly go, you know, into the, 
into the greatest pain and to, to be able to live there and love there and cry there and surrender there and, and then be able to breathe in replenishment only in the right timing. Mm. So beautiful. Thank you so much mm. yeah. for sharing all that. On your retreats, I mean, that happens. I mean, it's, I just feel like even the permission to cry, I mean, it's just so amazing to me that still like we feel like crying, like if I'm crying, I'm like on top of the world. It doesn't matter if it's like for a good reason, for a bad reason, like literally for me crying and maybe for many years of my life, I repressed so many emotions that I just feel like that permission to cry it just softens you no matter what. And in that softened state, like what you shared so beautifully and what Sophia said about, they love that about the grace, you know, raining down no matter what. And it's like, how soft can we be to, to receive that, that power and, and, the, and the, this, the power in softness, I feel like is so, it's so profound. I mean, it's so indescribable in words in my experience. Um, so this will be a good time to read one of your poems, which I'm going to do. Um, because I feel like, you know, that's part of why I want to share in this way is that, you know, poems and music and, you know, the ways that we move our bodies and the ways that we listen to one another, like that's where I oftentimes find and in the tears and, and you know, what you just said, that's where that deep releasing into receiving that power of any given moment that is there um, is such a gift. And, 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 and just one, I want to say one more thing, which is that you, you've experienced this multiple times. I've experienced this multiple times. When one woman in a circle begins to shed authentic tears <laughs> the whole circle is softened. And that is the interdependence of the feminine. Mm. That is the way in which we are all of, an, of one organism, you know, mm. where one woman's willingness to dive or, or one woman's willingness to, to shed results in the entire group dropping down mm. deeper, 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 deeper. Absolutely. And into that space where judgment just like has no it's just like not even on that planet there's like no conversation about judgment on that planet you know when we move into that space it's just like it just dissolves it just doesn't it's just not there and I feel like it's something that you you personally also really hold a very strong space for and I think something that 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 requires either I don't know what it takes to be able to hold that kind of space. A little bit of karma probably and a lot of like your own just truth seeking and practice, spiritual practice. But on your retreats, I, I was reflecting on how, you know, in, in one instance, we can be holding a woman that's like going through, you know, the most heart-wrenching breakup or divorce or, or, or grief or, you know, but... And then in the next moment, literally celebrating on the highest <laughs> level of joy, a, a, a new birth that's coming, a pregnancy, uh, you know, where that is just like a very freaking rare thing. Like that is something that, and I know from my years of working with women is to be able to hold that, you know, and even if some of us in the room are like, I don't know if I can hold that. Like you don't have to because someone else next to you is. And by witnessing that woman being able to hold that extreme joy next to the depth of that heartbreak, you know, the loss and then the birth literally in the matter of like 15 minutes or half an hour is like, it's, that's what expands our capacity to be open to this world in this, in this broken way. And still, like you said, be able to show up and to serve one another, or be able to show up for ourselves in the ways that we need to. And that takes, it's, it's a learning, it's a skill, I believe. And I, I feel at least at this point in our evolution, it's a skill that we're learning um, how to do. 
Yeah, I, it's a it's a practice. It's a practice that I mean, you know, now I've done something like 18 or 19 retreats, right? And so you and we just keep showing up, we just keep showing up and being willing to experiment and support one another and switch gear and find divine time, the right timings for things. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I wish I could squeeze you. I wish I could oh, like a little mid. I feel a virtual squeeze. squeeze. <laughs> so just take a moment to like do a, do a, a energetic hug. <laughs> Received. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to read one of your poems. One of my favorite poems of yours. You have many, many beautiful poems. And one of the most transformative things that just hearing Heidi read a poem mm. is like, oh, it's just so good. <laughs> it's so, so good. And so healing. Um, mm. Just your presence, um, your, your love for poetry comes through the way that you share it. And it's just, it's so beautiful and it's so healing. And I love poetry so much as well. And I feel like, like I said, a lot of the things that we are after, I think as humans on paths of, you know, conscious living, are just things that are are not articulated and just in 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 the common way you know they oftentimes come through in these in these other ways of poetry and song and sharing um in this in this way so this poem is called do you want to guess actually <laughs> i actually i don't i no, i don't want to guess <laughs> okay okay great i'll tell you if i yeah, yeah, go ahead okay cool <laughs> So this poem by Heidi Rose is called Wild Compassion. I knew it. <laughs> See? I should have guessed. You should have. Well, now you know for next time. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> Wild Compassion. You know the days when you're better left alone. And if you happen to be in a dark corner, in a dark room, all the better for you and everyone else. The days when not even sugar or a stiff drink or your drug of choice makes a shred of difference in the landscape of sorrow. Is it rage or fear? Whatever your flavor of closing down, curling up, slamming shut, however you refuse to shift, deny the light that just wants to cast a splash of hope across your cheek. You know the days. When all you do is sit and stare, can't move your face to anything but slack. Lack everywhere, lack of hope, money, motivation, mojo. Doesn't matter how far I've traveled, down any spiritual path, equanimity, poise, objectivity, flung out the window at dawn. This life is a ride, people. Anyone who preaches from a pulpit and refuses to acknowledge the unstoppable raging current is not to be trusted. The ones to listen to have a wild compassion in their eyes that comes from riding that current on a makeshift raft crafted from loss and resurrection. Best thing to do with a day like this, as far as I can tell, is muster up a nod to it, a generous nod to the stranger walking from parts unknown. If you can find the words or even just lift your head, invite him in for a coffee black. Ask him why he's come, what he hopes to find here in this wild, wild wilderness. Listen up, he'll mumble, shed a tear. He won't make any sense. Listen closely. Say your farewells and watch him walk into a fiery sunset. Watch him burn at the center, swallowed by the flames. Lay your head on your pillow and exhale. Give it away, the stranger, your day, all of it. Die into the darkness that will swallow your pain with its fierce love. Set down your honorable load. Then trust this. Morning light will touch your cheek. Your need only to turn ever so slightly toward it. Mm. So beautiful to hear you read it. Uh, it's, I feel like... I mean, I love the die into darkness that will swallow your pain with its fierce love. Mm. And I, I feel like part of the feminine is this ability to really, to do that exactly, to, 
to be open to the darkness as something that is actually some of the most potent medicine that we have to to transform and to heal and did you want to say something no i, I no i go please continue i'm just I'm um, always like nodding and yes yeah, yeah no totally I and um and you know one of one of the things i want to ask you to share more of is just this time that we're in of really expansion and evolving you know so quickly it feels like as as humans and i feel that the shadows can't really hide out so much in this moment in in the closets that they used to at least yeah. I, I think that's pretty obvious in, 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 our, in our society, in our culture right now, but just on a personal level, I feel like that's true for many, myself and many people I work with. And I feel like those part of those shadows coming out and part of the integration of that is truly to be able to hold a greater space of love. Mm. And I just would love to hear, you know, I, your, from an astrological perspective and from, you know, your own personal view around, you know, what the heck is happening in this moment <laughs> around, you know, sexuality and shame and, you know, all these things that are coming out, all these skeletons that are coming out of the closet. Um, and why, I would say, if you have any insight on that. Yeah, well, you know, you and I did this workshop on Jupiter and Scorpio, and um, this is the theme of the entire year from October of 2017 to October, November of this year. Mm. And this only happens once every 12 years. And Jupiter is the great planet of beneficence and opportunity and blessing. And so you could really think of Jupiter as in Scorpio as shining a light into the closet, into the darkness, into the depths of ourselves. Mm. And on one hand, it's bringing all the fear and all the shame and all the like wobbly broken parts. Mm. And, and also too, I just had this amazing discussion with uh, Tisha Morris, who's a feng shui woman. And also too, it's shining the light on all the things that are in our closet that are, are, are wanting light that are actually precious, that are actually yearnings, that are actually mm. longings, you know, mm. that have been hidden away. Mm. So it is, it is a full-on outing of mm. everything in our society that has been repressed or sat on or ignored um, or abandoned. Mm -hmm. And it's a full out outing within ourselves. So if ever there was a time of heal or heal thyself, mm. you know, I feel like we have to approach it from two ways. I feel like we have to work with the broken parts. I mean, I'll speak for ourselves, like work with the part that's like, oh, I, I have a terrible way of beating myself up at, you know, what I, the names I call myself, you know, every day, a hundred times a day, you know, and so we have to address that. At, like on a on a minute and practical way every day like how do we how do we stop ourselves and replace it with something how do we grow quiet so that you know how do we do yoga so that some of that dims you know mm. but we have to act from that position but we also have to sound the highest note you know mm. because everything gets absorbed into the highest note mm. so i mean i always think about the way that when my own podcast, the Radiance podcast got started, which was like, I was really sick, physically sick. And yet I knew that for the next chapter of my life, I had to sound a note of like what I want to become, what mm. I want to work on, what do I want to, what do I want to share to go mm -hmm. back to what we were saying? What do I want to sound forth? And Radiance is a theme for me. So did I ignore my health? No. I took care of it, but did I consistently sound this other note? Yes. And do I think that actually did, did some more good? I actually do. Mm. I actually think, mm. you know, I want, you know, whether it, whatever it is, I, I am love. I stand in love. I am the soul. There's a beautiful mantra that comes from the Alice Bailey books. And it just says, 
I am the soul and also love I am. Mm. And that's how it begins, you mm. know? So just the affirmation of, of that. And then it's at one point in, in the uh, mantra, it just says, my will is now to lift the lower self into the light divine. So just mm. like I, I am I'm in my imagination, in my breath, in my being, I'm just going to take this, this self that is in pain and I'm going to lift her into the light divine. And do you know, I mean, these, so, so just to say, yes, astrologically, you better believe we are in a time of cleaning out and clearing up and facing our fears and hallelujah, we're, we're opening the closet doors mm -hmm. and we're going to be better for it. And mm -hmm. we're going to be stronger for it because Scorpio is the warrior. Mm. So we are going to be warriors of light. That's what we're, what we're headed for by the end of this year, <laughs> as you know, a step along the way. Mm. So powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like, I, I just feel like we have to be so tender and mm. kind with ourselves and as much as possible with everyone we meet because we really are all navigating a very difficult time in history mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it requires difficult. patience yeah i feel like it's it's difficult in a completely new way yeah that i think one is what makes it so challenging it's like when we look back for the the support of you know the the sages and the saints and the mystics and the masters that have walked before us, you know, they've paved this, this path in this way. But as humans, as we continue to evolve and as the world continues to evolve, it's there's so many, you know, different challenges, you know, we're not dealing with necessarily physical, you know, I mean, some of the greatest saints and mystics, you know, that I love so much, it's like they were just constantly sick you know they lived in a time where there wasn't even medicine and they were just like their bodies were constantly suffering so their journey of like lifting that one and and still being grateful to to grace that that was you know this like whole physical it's like forget it it was just like i have to you know be in this and i'm still grateful you know to be alive and i feel like we are kind of you know working with oftentimes obviously we have physical, I mean, we have physical bodies. So naturally we also face a lot of those challenges as well. Like what you were sharing. I love that. And that's like, I feel like that's the great, that's the work of the great mystic is to whatever the challenge is, you know, despite the challenge and, and with the challenge, you know, with the part of us that is challenged. And, and because of that is that's how we become these warriors of love and these warriors of light. Like you're, like you're yeah. saying, you know, yeah. Actually, Adriana, I, can I read a poem that is not my own? Yes. I, yes. Yes. Okay. So I have this like new soul crush on this woman, this poet that um, Laura Penny, who we both Amazing. Oh inter my God. introduced me to. I'm and so glad that you're bringing all of these things up because I yeah. was going to ask you, well, I'll ask you again later, but one of your, who your soul, one of your soul crushes are, but also, um, yeah, just to share a poem and Laura Penny is one of my favorite women ever. She's yes. so amazing. She'll be yes. nice. She's love. And she has a way of quietly putting something in front of me that's like, you might want to read this, you know, and then it opens a whole world. And I'm actually at this very sweet spot with this poet because it's like this world of discovery where sometimes when you open a poetry book, you think, I'm lucky if I find one poem that I resonate with. Like that, that's just the way it is for me. Um, and I think for many people, because poetry is so deeply personal and piercing and to find one is extraordinary. Anyway, this woman is named um, Jan Richardson. She's a minister, she's a poet, she's a painter. And she uh, got married, uh, like I think now what, something like eight years ago, but then her husband died suddenly after just four years of marriage. And she wrote this book called The Cure for Sorrow, a book of blessings for times of grief. Mm. And they're all blessings and they're just extraordinary. And she actually has a whole bunch of books, but um, this really feels like what we were just talking about. And it's called Blessing for the Brokenhearted. Mm. 
And she's got a quote by Henry David Thoreau underneath that says, there is no remedy for love, but to love more. Mm. Let us agree for now that we will not say the breaking makes us stronger or that it is better to have this pain than to have done without this love. Let us promise we will not tell ourselves time will heal the wound when every day our waking opens it anew. Perhaps for now, it can be enough to simply marvel at the mystery of how a heart so broken can go on beating as if it were made precisely for this, as if it knows the only cure for love is more of it, as if it sees the heart's sole remedy for breaking is to love still, as if it trusts that its own persistent pulse is the rhythm of a blessing we cannot begin to fathom, but will save us nonetheless. Mm. Yeah, she's extraordinary. She's extraordinary. Um, that, that part where she says that as if this was what the heart was made for. I don't remember exactly the line, but you know, like it's so good. Yeah. Blessing for the brokenhearted. I mean, I think, you know, I think we can't, I think another thing about this time is we can't, we can no longer put on a brave face. We can, you know, we can step into our strength, Mm. but, and we can feel how we are connected to all that is, but we can't repress or hide the pain. Like the pain has to be held by all of us and spoken about by all of us. And, and we have to tend one another's pain and grow one another. And I mean, that's, that's the deepest beauty for me about working in any circle of women or working, you know, just deep friendships is like, to tend one another, to grow one another, to sprinkle the water of nourishment on one another, to remind one another of, of a beautiful moment that relieves us of, of a certain burden we're carrying, you know? Absolutely. And even when that burden is the feeling of, you know, in a moment of heartbreak or, you know, which I feel like that poem just so beautifully articulated of the feeling of needing to be something that we're not. You know, like this feeling of being heartbroken, but I, you know, oh, I, I, I know this happened for a reason or, you know, like this, this jump to, you know, that we, I think, naturally want to do because in some way it feels like it'll take us out of the pain and, you know, to, to really hold one another in those moments, I feel like is that's where that, that very potent alchemical thing happens where that pain just turns into love. And, you know, that, that I think I know that you've helped me learn so much. And also what we're really all helping each other with in this time is, is to be held in that, you know, is to be held in that broken, that broken open heart. Yeah. Yeah. So, so beautifully said. Yeah, absolutely. Even in the the madness. mad world the world has always been mad i think so i'm grateful for good friends like you Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, yeah grateful for the opportunity to just um to share and to to be together in this way that you know deeply recognizes our human you know predicaments and also deeply recognizes that you know the mystery of you know all of the unknown of it and what you just said of, of helping really hold and, and help grow one another. I loved the way you said that to like really help grow one another. Cause it really does. It does feel like that. Mm. Mm. That kind of tending is, is so crucial um, to our human, to our human hearts that I feel are the most, you know, one of they're the most sacred thing um, that there is, I feel in our experience. So thank you for, all of the beautiful work that you do and just for being such 
such a profound light in the world. Um, and for being such a massive embodiment um, of joy and, and of, you know, just really like unstoppable, you know, um, unstoppable light. Like I feel, I feel that in you so strongly and have and, and willingness. I feel like your willingness to be seen, you know, also on the receiving end of, of being a teacher and being a leader, you also are so open to receive. Um, even when you're in the facilitation seat, I think that's really powerful to, to be able to also be open and vulnerable about who you are and where you're at. And yeah, it's just, you're, you're an amazing love warrior and amazing. Well, yeah, I feel all those things about you, my love. So thank you though. Thank you deeply. Yeah. Um, so I would love to hear, and then we'll close with a little, a short guided meditation. Um, but any other people or beings that, you know, your, your soul is just like, you know, really excited about in this moment or that you would like to share with us that we can, you know, tune into. Mm, Gosh, so funny. I, you know, the beauty is the beauty is, and, and I think you'll relate to this. It's like, I can, I can fall in love every day. Like, oh, do you know? I mean, like I can, like this person right now is perfect. I just want to soak in it, you know? Um, but, you know, for sure, for sure, in an ongoing way, Sophia Diaz has been my, my soul crush. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and, and this new woman, Jan Richardson, is like, I love always having somebody that is a mystery to me that I want to discover and uncover. Mm. And, um, I want to think of, you know, it's so funny. I want to think of like a, a musician because mm. for me, music is, is, it makes me laugh. I never listen to enough music. And the minute mm. I really listen to music that cracks me open, mm. I just feel entirely different, you know? So like, mm. you know, Joni Mitchell's A Case of You, mm. you know, like the minute something like that comes on, my whole mm. body cellularly changes, you know? Mm. So like, to the, to the musicians, you know, <laughs> my, my gigantic soul crush. Yes. Um, Love that. Yeah. And you baby, from the moment <laughs> I met you, I was like, she's my soul crush. <laughs> yes. I felt the same thing. And just you, your whole manifestation of, of your creative life. I met Heidi when she was holding this beautiful event in her home um, in her yard is called an event called backyard illumination. And there were some people sharing poetry. There are some people just sharing about their work and that they were really inspired about, you know, putting out into the world. And I just remember sitting there and not having a ton of connections in Los Angeles yet. And kind of feeling like, Oh man, I don't know. Like, I don't know if anybody here speaks my language. And I really was just like, whoa, this is, you know, this kind of creative energy is the thing that keeps me going. And it's the thing that, you know, uplifts and, and draws out the, the best of me. And so I immediately also was like, what is this? And who is this woman? And how do I get closer to her? And, you know, how do we make this happen? And it's just been such a natural and beautiful unfoldment of so much goodness so trusting the synchronicities trusting that any day you could wake up and be invited mm. to a backyard illumination yeah. so, i mean that's what we have to trust when we wake up feeling gray and gloomy it's like absolutely. who knows what will happen today <laughs> absolutely it's so true or what song will come on or you know what person will knock on your door and sing you a song which is something that happened to me right before this podcast so um so i'd love to just take a few minutes and close our eyes together. So if you're listening, um, you're also welcome to, to find a comfortable seat and close your eyes unless you're driving, which I listen to many podcasts driving. So <laughs> if you're driving, you can just kind of sort of halfway tune in and revel in, in all of this connection that we share between you and I, Heidi, and between all of the people that are listening, this really 
powerful human connection that we share on a subtle level and the, the energy that we're always sharing on this subtle level, this energy of love, this energy of the soul. If you're in a place where you were able to close your eyes and just start to relax through your jaw, relax through your legs, relax your hands. And just let your outer physical form soften into that almost gooey and, and fluid inner, inner being, that part of you inside that's always flowing, that's always moving in response to what is being presented. And just take a couple of deeper breaths right into your throat. And as you breathe into your throat, just honoring your ability to create, to share, to dream. To heal yourself, to be an open vessel for love. And you can let yourself rest just a little bit deeper for this last part, just sinking right down into that power and that beauty of the soul that's within you. you can take a moment and just draw anybody into, into this field of love that is in your life that you know could use it or even other beings in different parts of the world or groups of people that you want to share this energy of love with, this prayer, this moment of connection and prayer. Just to send that energy out to all beings that could be suffering in this moment, all parts of us that are suffering in this moment. In the same way that our bodies need food, our souls need love. And it's really the only thing that they do. Your soul just loves. Like Heidi was just sharing at the end, just, you know, you could fall in love with all day long if if we tune our awareness in that way where that energy is present so just take a breath and just draw that love all the way back into your own body and you can start to just let the corners of your mouth Lift up and feel the energy of a smile across your face. And when you feel ready, you can gently move your body and let your eyes open. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you. That was a delicious hour. Mm. <laughs> so make sure that you go listen to all of Heidi's episodes on the Radiance Project because it's just such an amazing podcast. I've listened to almost all of them and it's, it's just full of really beautiful poetry and you'll learn so much about astrology just by listening and tuning in to the, you know, all the amazing people she has and all of her wisdom that just flows through. Um, and we, you can find Heidi at HeidiRoseRobbins.com and on Instagram. Same at Heidi Rose Robbins. Heidi Rose Robbins on Instagram. Check, 
check out and follow her. And she posts it, like I said, a, uh, every day. She, at least for now, I don't want to pin her into some box of having to do anything <laughs> that she want to do. Um, but for now, she's gracing us with a daily moon report, which is so <laughs> helpful. And people are really getting so much benefit out of it. I know everybody that I know that is, you know, I, I tell everybody and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you. You know, it just, mm-hmm. it's such a, it really changes our, our perspective right from the start. So and yeah, her next retreat is going to be in October. Do you have the dates? I don't yet. We um, are, it's actually going to be in a new location for the first time in seven years. So wow. um, we're still locking that in, but cool. I will let everyone know soon. Amazing. So yeah, check it out. Love and just so much gratitude for all of your hearts and sending lots of blessings and peace to your day or your evening. And that wraps up our first episode of Soul Crush. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and please share a rating and share your thoughts and insights. And you can follow me at Art of Loving and I'll be posting each new unfoldment with a new guest, some new insights and we'll always be closing these sessions meditating on the soul. May we all come to know the freedom, the beauty, and the love that is the truth of who and what we are.